Hey everyone, welcome to EdTech Ari IRL. In this podcast, I, Ari Fluelling, explore the different facets of mental and physical health. So that way I can be the best person I can be for the teachers and students that I serve. Hopefully along the way, you'll learn some helpful tips that'll help you in your role in education as well. So welcome to the inaugural episode of the podcast. I'm super excited to finally get this up and running. It's been something that's been rolling around in my head for a while now. And, you know, to be completely honest, it, this is a little scary because this is definitely going to be me IRL. It's probably going to get personal. I mean, that's the whole point of this is to be personal because something I'm noticing is there's a lot of great podcasts out there about tools and about pedagogy. And that's great. We need those things. They're awesome. We just sent out a newsletter to teachers in my district with a bunch of podcasts to listen to over the summer so that way they can keep learning. But I was thinking about it and I realized, you know, where do where do people in education go to kind of get their buckets filled, to get advice about mental health and physical health, and really to do the work to make sure that we're the best people we can be. Because so often we give so much of ourselves to the people around us and we really exemplify what it is to be a servant leader, but we forget that we can't help others if we don't help ourselves. So I really thought that this would be something that I hopefully could contribute to the conversation in the education space. And I thought it would be something that would be a good opportunity to be vulnerable and to really model you know, what it is to share and what it is to be vulnerable because so often people ask us to do it, but we don't have a lot of good models of it. So I thought, you know what, why not me? So hopefully you know, this podcast provides you know, a way to talk about and a good conversation starter whether you're talking with me on Twitter or Facebook or you're talking with the people around you about what are those things that we can do to make sure that we are making good decisions so that way when we go to the classroom or we go to do a professional development, we're best prepared to serve teachers and serve students. So this month for the month of May, it's actually Mental Health Awareness Month. Not sure if you knew. And in fact, I actually didn't even know it was Mental Health Awareness Month until I was doing some research and I realized what a perfect topic to start off the podcast because this is something that's really important to me. Uh, I grew up not really thinking about therapy or believing in therapy. It wasn't something that, you know, like I never went to therapy with my family or as a kid. It just, it wasn't a thing. And some of you might relate it was kind of the, you know, we don't have to talk to other people about our problems. Like we can figure out our problems on our own. And sometimes you can, and that's completely cool. But it was actually really kind of interesting how I first had to go to therapy. So when I was in college, I was in a very rigorous course of study because at the time I was, you know, pursuing an English major. I was in ROTC and I was trying to balance those two worlds and it really wasn't working out and it wasn't working out so much. I lost the scholarship and almost flunked out of college. Okay. Maybe I didn't almost flunk out of college um, because I graduated with like a 3.5 at the end of it all, but I wasn't doing as well as my college had hoped. And lucky for me, I went to the university of San Diego, which is a private college and part of their, their process is when you're going through academic difficulty, they make you see an academic counselor and they make you do, you know, a couple different things. But one of the things on this list 
was they made you go to an actual counselor, an actual therapist. And it was a free session provided by the university. And they said, you know, you have to go at least once. And I was like, this is annoying. Like, I, this is a waste of an hour of my life. There's so many other things I'd rather be doing. Like, why am I here? I don't need to be here. And turns out I was very, very wrong. <laughs> I definitely needed to be there. So much so that I ended up going to therapy. Um, I think I had to go to my first session. I can't remember the exact timetable now, but I want to say like early my sophomore year. And I continued with it through the rest of my sophomore year. And then I even went back um, to get more therapy the following year as a junior. So it ended up being a two-year experience. And I am so glad that it happened. You know, almost, you know, losing a scholarship was not fun. But the outcome of actually going to therapy and working through some issues that I had long thought, you know, were resolved and handled was amazing because you you think you're doing well and you think you have things compartmentalized, but then when a completely unbiased third party starts unpacking things with you, you really start to realize how much you don't have things under control. And, you know, that can be a little scary because especially as educators, we're always thinking like, okay, like I have to have this lesson plan and I have this organization scheme and my room is set up this way for this type of classroom management. So when we relinquish that control to someone else, especially someone we don't know, it's scary. And I'm so glad it happened as a college student because now as a quote unquote adult, you know, I'm much more open to the concept of therapy and I'm much more open to looking for that outside perspective because it really can be valuable. In fact, um, this past year has been a little rough for me. Just, you know, things that happen in life, whether they be financial or career, sometimes, you know, life is hard. <laughs> and I'm not trying to sound like a whiny millennial, but you all know your breaking point. You know when that last straw hits that camel's back and you're like, yep, I'm done. And recently that happens for me because I haven't been in consistent therapy since my junior year of college. So it's something that, you know, I thought I had things under control and I thought I was doing okay. But recently just some different things have happened that have kind of, it's almost like a snowball. You know how it's it, like those cartoon snowballs you see like going down the hill when, you know, it starts like just a little teeny tiny snowball. But by the time it reaches the bottom, it's like this giant snowball that's going to destroy towns. It started to feel that way. And when I started to feel kind of just things like gathering momentum and gaining ground, I was like, okay, I need to do something about this before it gets destructive. And that's an interesting process <laughs> to say the least. Something that I encountered as I was realizing I wanted to go back to therapy was realizing what type of therapist I wanted. Because although the therapy experience was a good one while I was in school, my first therapist that I had was fantastic. She was actually a candidate, so she was under doing her practicum hours, so kind of like student teaching, only student therapy. And she was fantastic. I don't remember her name. I wish I did. Whoever you were, you were fantastic. Thank you so much. You opened my eyes to the world of therapy. Um, but the girl I had the following year, also a candidate, her and I just didn't vibe as well. And I didn't feel like I got as much out of 
the therapy. So as good as that overall experience was, it also helped me realize like, okay, like certain types of therapists I don't necessarily jive with. And that's fine. In fact, it's better to know the type of therapist you don't drive with. So that way you don't waste your time and your money talking to someone that's not going to be helpful. So when I started thinking about therapy and going back to therapy, I made a list. I was very specific about what I wanted. First and foremost, I wanted to work with a female therapist. Not that there's anything wrong with male therapists and plenty of women see male therapists. Just for me, knowing some of the things that I wanted to specifically work on, I personally thought that a woman might be able to speak to them a little bit better. Second requirement that I was really hoping to find, and spoiler alert, I did, was a woman of color. Thinking about, again, some of the issues I wanted to talk about and some of the things I wanted to work through, I really thought it would be valuable to speak to someone that was also a person of color. And then just silly things, but silly things that make the difference. I wanted to make sure I was someone that had appointments that fit my work schedule. So I generally get out of work at 3.30. So I wanted to make sure that I could get to their office on time. So it had to be someone that had, at the earliest, an appointment at 4 o'clock. And then, of course, I had to make sure it was within a feasible distance. It either had to be near my work or near my home. So that way I can get to them again and be on time and make sure that I don't end up stressing myself out just trying to get to the appointment. So by figuring out these different things, and for you, those things might be important, other things might be important. There's different types of therapists that focus in different types of therapy. So it's a matter of just kind of doing a little bit of research about the different types of therapists that are out there too, to know who you want and to know what type of therapist is gonna be a good fit with you. When I had my four requirements though, I went to my insurance portal and I looked in and luckily Blue Shield, who to thunk, actually has some filters where you can filter by male or female. You can filter by um, racial identity and you can filter by distance. So those filters were extremely helpful. And then I printed off a list. Old school, I know, I printed it. The EdTech girl printed things. But I printed off a list. And then I went down the list one by one and I Google mapped to see how far away they were. And then I just started making phone calls to see who was accepting patients because the one bad thing about this list is it's gonna show you everyone that accepts the insurance, but it's not gonna tell you who's accepting patients and who's not. So I had a lot of phone calls and unfortunately a lot of dead ends. A lot of people that I called and didn't call me back or I called and they weren't accepting patients or I called and they were accepting patients, but it was only for like 9 a.m. appointments. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can't do 9 a.m., sorry. But bless, I found a lovely woman and I actually just met with her for the first time. And as I told some of my friends, it's like going on a first date the first time you meet a new therapist because you're like, oh my gosh, are we gonna get along? Is it gonna be cool? Like, is she gonna be cool? Am I gonna be cool? Like, oh. But the nice thing is, is usually when you're going on a first date, you worry about embarrassing yourself. But when you're talking to a therapist, if you don't embarrass yourself, personally, I feel you're not doing it right. Because the more open and honest you are with your therapist, the better conversation you're gonna have and hopefully the better resolution you're gonna have through work. So I'm super excited that I was able to find a new therapist that met all my requirements. I'm even more excited that when we met for the first time, we had a good vibe off of each other and I'm excited to see her again in a couple weeks. And it's gonna become something that I do on a every other week basis. I'll probably like 
share some updates here every so often, depending on, you know, what goes on and what we're doing. But I'm really excited. And I think that, you know, sometimes as educators, we don't pay enough attention to our mental health. We, you know, focus, like I've said before, so much on our students. Or if you have children, you focus on your own children or you focus on your partner. You know, our needs can get lost in the shuffle. And I hope that, you know, if you feel like you could use that outside perspective or if you could benefit from talking with someone that, you know, you look it up and you try it out and hopefully you find someone. I, like I said too, you know, I grew up thinking that therapy wasn't for me and that therapy, you know, showed weakness. But now that I'm older, I really feel like therapy shows strength because you recognize that, yeah, I got some stuff going on that might be beyond my control. But you know what? I'm still going to do something about it. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of EdTech Ari IRL. I hope to continue this conversation with you online, whether it be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, or wherever else you can find me online. And I want to already thank you in advance for liking and sharing and reviewing and providing constructive criticism. I'm super excited to venture on this project, and I hope that it's something that will prove to be useful in the education space, if nothing else, as a conversation starter. So thanks so much for listening in, and I'll see you next month with our next episode. Thanks so much.